Welcome back to another episode of the Sexmancers Podcast. Now, just to give you a little note here up front, you know, the kids are home, everybody's dealing with the fact that the schools are closed, and the fact that you're not really able to go very many places, and so the kids are starting to get a little bit of a cabin fever, and so you might hear them stomping around or yelling in the background, and there's not really a whole lot that I can do to edit that out. My only other option is just not to record anything during this time, which means that would leave you with nothing to listen to. Now, COVID-19, yes, we're all sick about hearing of it, but it has dominated every aspect of our lives. I mean, a lot of you out there, in addition to the stress of being locked up in your homes uh, with your family without really any place to go, which can you know, be a little bit stressful. I mean, it's one thing to take, you know, some vacation time where you can get outside a lot, go to the parks and all that. And it's another thing to pretty much be confined into your home. And you look around and you realize, jeepers, my family's crazy. You know, and so some of you may be headed towards a baby boom. Some of you may be headed towards divorce, you know, and we're all kind of dealing with that. And the fact that unemployment is such that 3 million people have filed for unemployment. A lot of you are facing economic concerns, which is just adding to the stress. You know, now some people have ways of coping, you know, as part of their stress relief. They're just having lots of sex with their spouse, you know, doing it in the morning, doing it at night, doing it whenever they can just to get, you know, some stress relief. And we're not talking about sexual stress. And some of you, you know, stress causes you to completely break down in sex altogether. You know, so people have different responses. We're all trying to figure out how to cope with this. You know, so here on this episode, I'm going to go through and try to provide you a little bit of a distraction, but some of it does have to relate to COVID-19. Naturally, everything does, you know, and trying to figure out more and more ways to try and deal with it and try to you know, manage everything that we are going through economically, being cooped up in the house, you know, uh, with our family. We're not really meant to spend this much time alone with the same group of people, even if they are our family and all of that. But first, I want to go through and talk about this article uh, from Newsweek, right? And so this this article is is really hilarious here, you know, in the sense that, you know, because of COVID-19, the state of New York, you know, health officials issues guidance on safe sex, you know, practicing safe sex during COVID-19. Now, some of you are like, well, what would be so hilarious about that? And that is New York's version of safe sex, you know, is what most people would be considering risky sex, right? And if this is New York's version of what safe sex is, I don't even want to know what they consider to be risky behavior. I mean, some of this uh, gets to be uh, pretty asinine here. You know, so the fact sheet begins uh, with the animation of New Yorkers should stay home and minimize contacts with others to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Okay, so it starts off uh, reasonably. You know, however, there are ways to enjoy sex and avoid spreading the disease. The guidance acknowledges instructing that first, you are your own safe sex partner. So first off, you got government officials in New York basically telling the people during COVID-19, you should just resort to masturbating. Now, I don't know how well this advice is going to go over with the general public of New York, 
But the fact that the government is now telling you that, hey, you know what, you should be masturbating during this time is probably something that we don't always, you know, well, it's just hard to hear that coming from government officials. Hey, you should be masturbating, especially since, you know, this is basically a guidance on abstinence, which the people of New York would attack anybody if you're in the political spectrum. Anybody who is considered politically right-leaning about abstinence would say, oh, that's horrible. You know, we don't need to follow that. That is, you know, you trying to impress values. And now here it is. The state of New York is basically saying abstinence. Use your hand. Masturbate. Use a sex toy. You know, and it goes on to read in the statement, masturbation will not spread COVID-19. Well, geez, you know, that's really insightful, especially, you know, if you wash your hands with soap and water and at least for 20 seconds before or after sex. Okay, so they're saying before or after sex while talking about masturbation. Okay, so (laughs) this goes on. But, you know, while that may actually be, you know, the only thing that they put in here that actually relates to safe sexual practices during COVID-19, you know, the rest of the advice, you know, gets... Well, you'll hear it. And so what they go on to say is having close contact, including sex, with only a small circle of people helps preventing uh, COVID-19. The guidance recommends uh, you should avoid close contact, including sex, with anyone outside of your household. Well, okay, if you're married, you generally wouldn't be having sex with people outside of your household. Or if you're dating and cohabitating with each other, you generally don't have sex with people outside of your household. So this whole don't have sex with anyone outside of your household for anybody in a relationship and living together. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the way most people, you know, go through and, and, uh, you know, engage in monogamous relationships. But then again, I guess there are certain people who are in open relationships. So it's basically stating that you should stop having open relationships, at least during this time of pandemic. But where this guidance starts to really go off course is when they start going off and saying, hey, you know, to help stop the spread, you should have sex and no more and no more than groups of 10. So they start going off here after they start saying, hey, you should just masturbate. Hey, you should only engage in sexual activity with members of your household. Um, which I guess that the question becomes, you know, you, you are just meaning the adult members, right? You know, your spouse, you know, and because with New York, you never really know what exactly it is that they are, you know, saying here with no one outside of your household. Let's let me try and give you a hint here. Let's keep it to the adult members and let's keep it to your spouse and let's keep it into your relationship. But you shouldn't have sex in groups of 10 or more people. Okay, so if that is them scaling back on their sexual practices for safer sex, what are they doing when there isn't COVID-19? Are they, I mean, wh- how large of a group are people having sex in in New York? I mean, are the, you know, are, is New York just one big orgy? It, 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 I mean, is that what we're going at here? That New York and maybe even California is just one big orgy. And so 
their idea of safer sex is to keep the group sex to 10 people or less, you know, uh, to go ahead, keep it in your household, and if at all possible, try and masturbate. Now, here's the thing. Social distancing, people are willing to put up with for a while. But if social distancing means that in order to stop the spread of COVID-19, we need to stop having sex as a people for a while, stopping the spread is not going to work. You know, abstinence is not going to work. People aren't going to suddenly stop having sex just because of COVID-19. You know, there's been a lot of other things that are more dangerous than COVID-19 that didn't stop people from having sex. You know, but it, it is getting kind of interesting that, you know, their idea is 10, no more than groups of 10 in us, you know, during sex is their idea of safe. And I'm like, you know, okay, how many people are engaging in these wild orgies all over the place? I mean, is this so prevalent that we need to issue a government, you know, a health safety warning against it? You know, or are we trying to go through and issue these health safety warnings for an issue that is not really as widespread? But let's actually kind of dive into that just a little bit. So let's say you even follow this advice, right? And you are engaging in group sex and you keep your group to, you know, 10 people or less, you know, five guys, five girls, or whatever the makeup is, right? Is that really stopping the spread if, let's say, you have a group of about I don't know. This is New York, so maybe I'm, you know, get my letting my imagination get away from me. But let's say their group of uh, partners is usually about fifty, and those fifty people generally have you know various groups of you know different sizes between twenty and fifty as well. So let's say you go ahead and you participate in this group sex of ten or less people, right? You know, one day, two days later. You're having another, you know, group sex with nine completely different people. And all the, and the other nine people you were having sex with a couple days prior are all with nine different people as well. It still spreads. That, that is not going to stop the spread. So, you know, the whole part about keep it in your household should be about the, you know, uh, the best advice, you know, unless you're going to go through and masturbate because going through and hang, and having sex with a different, you know, nine people, you know, in group sex is not going to go through and slow everything down, right? That, that's just going to, you know, continue uh, the spread here. But I just got to kind of wonder how many people are in relationships that are going off and engaging in group sex and how many people are going off and having open relationships. Now, I know there's a certain segment of the population that want to promote that as a good thing, but I mean, you know, those aren't open relationships are not relationships that are going to last here. And I just kind of guess I want to get your perspective on the idea that safe sex uh, advice being uh group sex of 10 or less people, you know, how far off the deep end are we as a culture? Okay. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up and start getting into some of the hilarity of, you know, what we would consider, you know, unsafe sexual practices during normal times. You know, New York is considering safe sexual practices during a pandemic. So that, that right there was, you know, striking to me. So anyways, getting off here, 
you know, me and my wife, uh, we were having a conversation and we were going through talking about, you know, uh, sex toys and, you know, and as it relates to lesbian relationships. And this is kind of one of those things where we go back and forth and we have a conversation in which we just kind of laugh and start talking a lot. And then I get an idea for something that I want to talk about on the podcast. So we start going through and taking a look at, you know, uh, some of the sex toys because of an ad uh, that was seen, you know, those targeted ads and whatever, you know, because we add sex toys uh, pretty regularly into the bedroom. Anyways, uh, there was an issue here about ejaculating dildos, right? And, you know, going through where you not only get the feel of the man part, but now you get to deal with the uh, ejaculation, the dildo that will actually simulate ejaculation, including substance being ejaculated into the women. And it's just like, wait a minute. Is this something that women really like? You know, getting a sex toy that, you know, that goes through and has everything, you know, uh, about sex, including having to deal with the drainage afterwards. Now I get it. You know, some of the things, you know, uh, for women is, you know, while they enjoy sex, you know, with their husband, they want to be a good spouse and allow him to be able to, you know, get off, you know, without any, you know, condoms, you know, barriers and all of that. And, you know, a lot of you are doing family planning. And so you do that, but, you know, women, you know, that afterwards you deal with it draining and dripping out and all of that. And, you know, men, we understand, you know, that for you women, that that is not exactly, you know, the part that you look forward to, to say the least. But are, but are we at the point here where we're now, you know, having dildos and sex toys that go off and simulate the ejaculation, you know, so that after you masturbate with these toys, that you get to deal with the drainage afterward and the dripping out and the uncomfortableness that deals with it. And then we started talking about, you know, how these are actually, you know, strap-ons, right? You know, as we did a little more research into it, strap-on made for lesbians. And we started getting into this conversation to let you know how things kind of go off, you know, course here. You know, we started uh, debating the whole idea of lesbians, you know, because, you know, lesbians, you know, go off and they use, you know, sex toys, dildos and all of that, you know, and we start getting into this question here about, you know, lesbians. Is it that they're really sexually attracted, you know, to the other women and enjoy, you know, going down on each other, you know, eating each other out and, you know, really just enjoy, you know, the other woman's body? Or is it that they still desire you know, men, but they just don't want to put up with men, right? Like is, you know, for lesbians more of, they do have this whole sexual desire for women and, you know, love, you know, love making to women, or are they just so off-putted by, you know, uh, men's personalities and actions that, you know, they will seek out another woman and have that other woman take the role of a man in bed, you know, by putting on, you know, uh, toys and stuff to simulate having the parts of a man. Because it's always kind of confused me, you know, where lesbians, you know, go off and get dildos and vibrators and all that, because it's like, well, wait a minute. You say that you don't like men, you know, you're not sexually attracted to men, 
but all of your sex toys happen to be about simulating the feelings that you would get from men during sex. You know, and the whole strap-on culture, you know, for lesbians is all about simulating having sex with men, and yet you claim that you are not attracted or, you know, sexually uh, desiring men. I mean, something is not computing here. And this is the conversation that we're having. And now that, you know, with the ejaculating dildos, you got, you know, two women, one strapping on a dildo to simulate having the parts of a man in order to have sex with her female partner, all the way to the point of simulating the ejaculation. And we were just kind of going through here. And I, I guess I never, you know, before this, you know, particular conversation went off to think about you know, how many lesbian couples actually in their sexual practices, you know, engage in oral sex with each other and how many, you know, uh, lesbian couples, their entire sex, uh, entire sex life revolves around one of them putting on a dildo and having sex with them at like, the, like a man with a woman, you know, trying to assimilate that sex part. And I was wondering if anybody else ever went through and thought about this. You know, and whether there's any lesbian couples out there that can actually explain this, you know, the whole, you know, being attracted to other women, but still desiring, you know, male sexual parts during sex. You know, if anybody can actually explain that to me, because I'm now getting confused by the whole lesbian, but wanting male sexual parts during bed, you know, and. You know, and why would you go as far as to even assimilate uh, being ejaculated into? You know, because I've always, you know, before this conversation thought lesbians were all about not even finding anything about men appealing and thinking about being penetrated as, well, unnatural or, you know, a turnoff for them and that they just, you know, enjoy the oral sex, you know, uh, with other women. You know, so I would like to... You know, if at all possible, you know, get a lesbian onto the show and actually discuss this and walk me through all of this. You know, and even my wife, you know, she was, you know, kind of confused and about this as well as we started going through. Of course, she doesn't understand, you know, lesbians. She's not sexually attracted to other women. And while she knows uh, some uh, lesbians, um, she's never asked them or thought to ask them about their sexual practices and why it is that they would use sex toys during sex, you know, with their partner. And so I, I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, about the ejaculating dildos and how this is now making the whole lesbian relationship a little bit confusing to me. You know, of course, as a guy, you know, I'm never going to, you know, truly understand the lesbian relationship and, you know, the girl on girl, you know, um, aspect of it although i do understand the sexual appeal of women so i guess i can kind of relate i just you know can't you know quite understand i mean to me let me put it to you like this right it'd be like two gay dudes getting a pocket pussy right to for their sexual you know practices right it's like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute what you know, if you want it, why not go get the real thing? You know, that's where I'm coming from here. You know, uh, when I'm talking about, you know, lesbians and lesbian couples, you know, simulating, you know, sex as if it was straight sex by putting on a strap on, you know, it would be like two gay dudes, 
you know, jerking each other off with a with a pocket pussy. You know, it, something is not making sense. If you de- actually desire the sexual organ of the opposite sex, why not go get the real thing rather than using simulated silicone toys for it? You know, it, you're starting to, maybe I'm trying to be too logical about this, right? Maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe there are aspects to this that I'm not understanding, you know, on the emotional side and all of that. But I'm, I'm just looking at the mechanics of this, you know, where you're in a same-sex relationship trying to use toys to simulate the sexual organs of the opposite sex. I, so I, I, I'm really trying to comprehend this. And the more and more thought that I put into this, the more and more I am confused about the same-sex relationships that uses toys to simulate the opposite sex. You know, I get more and more confused by it, but the more thought that I put into it, and that's me trying to figure out the logic behind it. And maybe there just isn't any logic behind it. You know, and, you know, as we go through and take a look at things, that could be one of man's biggest problems with women, you know. And, and women, hear me out here. You know, don't turn it off yet. But maybe one of the biggest problems men have in their relationships with their wives, their girlfriends, and all of that is we're trying to apply logic to illogical beings, right? And women, when I say you're illogical, you know, well, you are. You know, you're driven more by emotion than logic. And men are driven more by logic and trying to think things out than they are by emotions. Right. And so a logical being trying to figure out an emotional animal, you know, it creates a lot of confusion, a lot of problems, which leads to a lot of miscommunication and a lot of actions being taken because we really don't know what the hell is going on in your minds. Right. You, you can't, we can't figure you out. I mean, that's why one of the best jokes on the internet is books about women's instruction manuals, right? I even self-published a blank book called Women's Instruction Manual, Man's Collective Knowledge of the Female Mind, and it's a blank book. It's 200 blank pages. It's available on Amazon. There are some books, you know, or some, you know, memes out there about a book being about five feet tall, and it's only labeled Volume 1, right, of trying to understand women. You know, and the complexity of it. You know, so yes, men, you know, inability to understand what is going on and, uh, in a woman's mind and figuring out how she thinks and, you know, her thought process and all of that, you know, it has been confusing men for generations. And that is what has led to a lot of confusion. And so doing, taking it from that and then applying it to trying to figure out the whole lesbian you know, relationship while trying to use, you know, or simulate the genitalia of men during their sexual practices and all that is why it's not making sense to me. Now, maybe you're more bisexual, you know, in which case you swing both ways. I understand that, you know, I understand at least the bisexual part, you know, it is just the whole same sex couple with the toys to simulate the opposite sex. That I just can't figure out what the logic is behind that. Okay. Okay. 
So now that I've gone off on that rant and gone through a little bit of confusion, let's take a look at this uh, because a lot of you, you know, you're stuck in your homes. You're not going to work or maybe you are going to work, you know, because you work from home. You know, you're dealing with the kids, you know, if you have kids or even if you don't have kids, you're pretty much in your home, especially in some parts of the country that are in lockdown, you know, stay at home orders. You know, and so the question uh, becomes, are you headed towards an addition to your family, you know, headed towards pregnancy during this quarantine, or are you headed towards divorce? Some of you haven't really engaged in any meaningful conversation in in a long time, right? And now you're forced, you know, to be stuck in the same house as each other, and you're realizing you don't really have a lot in common. Or even if you do, right? Because there's only so much that we can handle being around the same person, you know, uh, before we need a break. That even if everything was going great, you had a high level of communication and all that, now you're starting to get on each other's nerves, right? All those little flaws that you didn't really, you know, notice that much or didn't really get on your nerves too much because you had a long break is now driving you nuts, right? And so some of you uh, may be thinking, okay, sex is a way to get the other person to stop annoying the hell out of me. Because as long as we're in bed naked, he's not, you know, or she's not, you know, pick your annoyance, you know, is not uh, doing the laundry wrong, is not cooking wrong, or, you know, is not, you know, talking during a TV show. I mean, that would annoy the hell out of me, someone who goes off and, you know, constantly feels the need to talk or add commentary to the TV show while you're watching it, you know, and while there were memes going on around the internet about the baby boom that's going to be coming after the quarantine, you know, there's another meme going on and saying that there's going to be a huge increase in the homicide rate, a decrease in the male population and justifiable you know, uh, divorce and homicide. And so, you know, we got to be careful here, you know, as we are spending this much time around each other, right? And also, you know, I, I think I understand why a lot of people went out there and bought a lot of toilet paper, you know, stocked up and, you know, emptied all the, you know, shelves at all the stores of toilet paper. It's because during this time, some of you, are trying your own cooking for the first time. And you're finding out that the reason why you were eating out all the time was not because, you know, you were just crunched for time and for convenience, but because you're pretty lousy cooks, right? Now, this is probably more true uh, for men, you know, because men's cooking abilities tend to be, well, limited, right? And... Uh, when you get to a time where the food options are limited, that cooking, uh, well, it, it can have some disastrous results, you know, and, you know, a lot of you going through and cooking for the first time, congratulations, you caused us some pro- more problems, as I bet more uh, home insurance is now going to go up in price because you don't know how to cook and you're going to burn the house down. You know, either that or give everyone in your family explosive diarrhea. There you go. You know, you're cooking uh, for yourself for the first time rather than going out to eat. You have one bathroom and you have how many people in your house. 
and your bad cooking is creating some bowel movement problems. You know, that alone would lead uh, to divorce. Woo! You know, and heck, after a while, just going into the bathroom and breathing is going to make you sick. And then you're going to really start freaking out. Oh, oh, you know, so, you know, this whole close quarter things is, you know, just as likely to lead to divorce and problems as it is to a big baby boom. So how do we go off and try to keep ourselves occupied? You know, because there's really only so much you can sit in front of the TV all at once and, you know, watch shows on binge watch shows before sitting on the couch gets boring. You can't take it any longer. You're restless. You need to get up and go somewhere, you know, and you can only do so much board games, you know, uh, with your immediate family, you know, because you end up having the one person in the family that tends to win most of the time, you know, and maybe, you know, they cock an attitude about it. Woohoo. I'm so great, you know, and rubs it in your face before you just want to take that board game, you know, flip o- uh, flip it over and, you know, maybe, you know, fold it up a little bit and smack the other person with it, you know, and the, and when it comes to the kids, you can only, you know, go through with being on the floor, playing with the same, you know, toys or no matter how many toys you have, you know, you can only, you know, really deal with doing that for so long. You know, and a lot of us are now also dealing with trying to do homeschooling. In which case, we are finding out that it turns out, yeah, we probably are underpaying the teachers. Have you tried looking at your little monsters and educate, getting them to sit still, pay attention, and learn? I mean, I I used to go off on the idea that teachers were already overpaid. They already make so much. And now I take a look at trying to homeschool my own kids, and I'm like, and they do this for a class of how many? My God, how do they keep them in line? You know, what's their secret? I'm wanting to call up the teacher and go, hey, how do you get them to sit still and listen while you're trying to teach them? Now, for kids, it's, you know, different results. You know, of course, you know, you always have the one child that is more interested in, you know, actually doing the schooling than the other kid. And so, you know, that's not you know, necessarily the case all the time that, you know, their little monsters unable to get them to actually focus and pay attention. But my God, you know, you, you also try to split it up because one of the big issues with the homeschooling is that your kids, unless you have twins, are in different grades, which means you're you're trying to teach different lesson plans to them. You know, and how do you do that? You know, you you try to figure out what is the method for that. You know, do you let uh, one kid play video games, you know, while you're teaching the other kid? Well, if you do that, the kid who's not playing video games says, oh, I don't, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Can we switch yet? You know, and then you switch it around and all of a sudden the kid that just stopped playing video games now has to listen is whining and complaining. Why do I have to do this now? You know, and so. We are finding out that, you know, as much as the teachers get paid, maybe uh, they're still underpaid, you know, and then trying to figure out, you know, while you're dealing with the stress of, you know, maybe you just lost your job or maybe, you know, you're working from home and then trying to crack down on your kids, you know, for homeschooling while trying to deal with the fact that they are getting restless and, you know, and you and your spouse being in close quarters. I mean, 
I'm not sure society can take much more of this lockdown. You know, and, and, and I'm just being honest. At what point here do we consider, you know, the damage that is happening to society, keeping people locked down both economically and people not being meant to be around each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop in a small confined area without able to, without the ability to go very many places? At what point do we say, hey, COVID-19 is worth the risk of us trying to get back to our daily lives? And that is a difficult question. And I get that part of the, you know, stress and all of the things that came crashing, you know, at us is because it all happened at once. There was no transitioning. There was no planning and preparing, you know, for all of this. Now, I do have some things that you can do here. You know, I've talked about, you know, getting together and putting together your financial plan, putting together a plan to launch a side hustle or a side business to generate extra money, especially after everything starts getting picked back up. I've talked about starting, you know, a YouTube channel with you and your spouse or a podcast, you know, as part of, you know, passing the time. Now, as part of your financial planning, the two of you should get together and, you know, get on the Dave Ramsey stuff, right? You know, and if everything that's going on right now doesn't convince you that you need to start taking a look at Dave Ramsey, nothing will, right? And you need to start going through and taking a look to make sure that you are never in this situation again, at least financially, right? So whether it is uh, that you buy his book, you know, The Complete Guide to Money, The Total Money Makeover, you know, or, you know, so, some of his other books, you know, Smart Money, Smart Kids uh, that he wrote with his daughter, you know, and then uh, The Legacy Journey, you know, and all that, or whether you go ahead and take the classes, right? Financial Peace University or The Legacy Journey class. And you do that as part of your communication and, you know, uh, helping to plan your finances and then put together an emergency plan for next time, right? This is where you would go off and, you know, put together all your plans so that when you're released, you go out into the economy like wild animals and start hustling your butts off so that, you know, you pay down debt so that you don't find yourself, you know, freaking out in financial struggles. You, you go out there and, you, you know, save up an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses so that if you're ever locked down like this again, if another pandemic ever happens, you're not freaking out financially. You got the finances to cover it. Now, I would say in the emergency plan, not only do you save up an emergency fund of money, but maybe you also go out there and, you know, get a three month, uh, you know, emergency food supply, right? You know, and these, you know, emergency food supplies will last 30 years being freeze dried and being freeze dried. Hey, guess what? That means no added preservatives or anything. It's just freeze dried and vacuum sealed, right? That's how it lasts for about 30 years. And, and then in addition to that, we've all learned we should probably have one to three months supply of toilet paper in our emergency fund and our emergency supplies. Now, I thought about going through and talking with my wife about this and going, well, you know, just having toilet paper sitting in a bin uh, with some emergency supplies takes up unneeded space. What if we get an attachment 
for our toilet and have it more like a bidet, you know, where after we go to the bathroom, we hose ourselves off. She didn't like that idea. She, she was just like, no, you know, you know, and as I got to thinking about it, yeah, you know, I, I get it. It's a little extreme to think about your emergency plan as getting a tool to, you know, blast your butthole full of water in order to clean off, but it takes up less space than toilet paper, right? You know, but apparently since women need to wipe, you know, every time they go to the bathroom, no matter what it is they're doing in there, hosing yourself off, you know, is maybe kind of inconvenient because even after you hose yourself off, you still have to dry yourself off, you know, and that can create, you know, a pile up of laundry, you know, so I understand that. So maybe, you know, you do stick with the three month of, you know, a toilet paper, you know, uh, stocked up as part of your emergency kit, right? And take a look at all the things that are going on right now, the stresses that you're going through, and think about, you know, what you would wish you had while plan, you know, when this emergency broke out, and then you plan your emergency kit together based off of that, right? So that you never find yourself, you know, struggling and having to, you know, uh, go to the store, you know, and scavenge hunt for what you need. I mean, for some of you, you know, when the store is open every morning, you know, freshly stocked, every day is like Black Friday for you. You know, those of you who love the Second Amendment, you're having to go to the store armed just to get toilet paper, right? In fact, there are some stores that have issued security guards around the toilet paper to try and start blocking and preventing people from hoarding it. I mean, think about that. We have some places hiring security guards for the toilet paper. Yes, all of this is going to create stress, you know, at home. And it's going to create stress. And, you know, if you're working from home while you have all the stress of the kids at home and, you know, and your spouse all around you and you don't have, you know, any space in your home that you can lock yourself up in that goes off and keeps everybody out. Yeah. You know, the first few days of this may have been easy to get through, but the longer this drags out, you know, the harder it is, you know, that you're going to be able to keep your sanity. And the harder it is, to find things to keep you occupied. I know this is kind of going back and forth on different areas, you know, kind of ranting and raving, you know, just a little bit, you know, while I go through here. But, you know, you got to understand, I'm starting to get a little stir crazy myself. You know, I'm trying to get out and, you know, still, you know, go for a little bit of a walk while I can, you know, but there's not really a whole lot I can do. I can't just spend all my days going out walking around because, you know, that that would be unfair to my spouse who is home and, you know, and leaving her with the kids and going out and taking the kids for a walk. Well, well, I tried that and they keep trying to steer us straight to the park, which unfortunately is not the safest place to be right now. You know, so I understand, you know, maybe you can, you know, relate, you know, as you are listening to this particular episode about, you know, kind of going off all over the place and trying to handle, you know, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the need to get a handle on your finances, the emergency fund, eliminate debt, have an emergency supply kit, 
you know, of all the things you wish you had right now, right? And doing that along with the conversations uh, that we had earlier about the lesbians and New York safe sex advice and, you know, how some of you are really getting the hint that you need to up your cooking skills uh, even after this is over. You know, um, yeah. Now, luckily, my wife is a good cook. Unfortunately, there's not much options at the store at the moment uh, in which to, you know, uh, plan out meals. So we are having to deal with the fact that we are testing out new foods and new recipes. Some of them are really not agreeing with me. Some of them are, you know. So that's kind of where we're at in this particular uh, time frame, you know. And if this is your first time listening to the episodes uh, or the show of Sexmancers, this is not how a typical episode goes. You know, I, I didn't really have a whole lot, you know, uh, planned out structurally. I just thought I'd come out here and give some of my keen, you know, insights into what's going on, as well as talking about some of the frustrations uh, that we are seeing, you know, as part of letting you know that, you're not the only one. If you are stressing out, if you are feeling like you are at the end of your rope being confined into your house, you're not the only one. There is a lot of people out there that are in your situation with you. And because of that, you know, there's not much going on in the world. I mean, all the places I go to kind of, you know, look at you know, uh, ideas, you know, recommendations, and then try to go through, do some research, and then come up with my own thoughts as I give you the a guy's perspective. I mean, all we're, all that's getting written uh, on there is all related to COVID-19. There is, I can't find anything, whether it's politics, whether it's entertainment news, whether it's, you know, uh, sex, you know, all the sex blogs and all of that that I go through and see what they're saying and then, you know, seeing where I agree or disagree and why, you know, whether it's about entrepreneurship and all of that, all of those things are now just, you know, gone dead to anything outside of COVID-19, right? And talk even when you go off and talk about entrepreneurship and side hustles, well, with 3 million people filing for unemployment, you know, the economy into an unknown, you know, going off and, you know, starting a business right now, it would be pretty difficult. The, the people aren't going to be going out. It's going to take time for the economy to recover. It's definitely going to take time for, before people start going back to the movie theaters or to restaurants, you know, and so we're going to be dealing with the fact that almost Every aspect of our life is going to be in some way, shape, or form related to COVID-19 and how it's affecting us. Now, I do want to put this out here. On the next episode that I do, I am going to work hard at being able to provide you an episode that has nothing to do with COVID-19, right? You know, and even if that means, you know, that we focus more on the communication and emotional aspect of your relationship and not so much on the physical aspect of your relationship, 
then so be it. Right? So be it. You know, uh, now I tried to equal those out, but, you know, right now the physical aspect of your relationship, you know, gets riskier as COVID-19 continues to spread. You know, because even if you're one of the people that go out and are still considered essential, well, now you're getting, you know, putting yourself out there at risk. And every time you would travel into work, if you're one of those people, you risk getting infected and bringing it back home to your family. And that can be pretty scary, especially if your spouse already has some health condition, you know, that makes them more susceptible or makes COVID-19 even more dangerous for them because it's hard to maintain the sexual aspect of your relationship when you know that there's always that risk because you left the house that somebody somewhere touched something that you also touched and therefore, you know, now you're infected and you're bringing that home. And even if you wear rubber gloves, you know, you got to be concerned about cross-contamination. You know, there was a good point out there, you know, about people going in and putting on rubber gloves uh, when they go to the store, but they forget to take them off before they get back into their car. You know, which means that the glove, you know, if it did come in contact with COVID-19, is now, you know, cross-contaminated. And when they went for their keys and got their keys before taking the gloves off. And so we got to be, you know, careful about cross-contamination as well during this time. And, you know, it, it gets very difficult, you know, as as it continues to spread and you know that you have to risk going out and possibly getting infected. It gets very difficult to maintain a high degree of physical connection and activity in your marriage. So. We'll go through and we'll talk more about the emotional and trying to go through and think of, you know, some ways that you and your spouse can, you know, I don't know, not drive each other crazy and get through this time, including, you know, some creative ways to get, you know, to exercise, you know, in your home. You know, um, if you don't have kids, you can do a combination of sex exercise, you know, uh, where you you know, exercise while having sex, you know, so that will be, you know, a nice, you know, conversation there. So I'll be working hard on trying to provide you non-COVID-19 related content in next week's episode. So that's it uh, for the show. Thank you so much uh, for your time and attention. And I will be back again soon.